Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Anime Watch Club, a bi-weekly group discussion and review where the host of the What Do You Say Anime podcast nominate and vote on shows either we haven't seen or shows that hopefully lead to a great conversation. On today's episode, the memory-eating plant monsters of the What Do You Say Anime podcast will be reviewing the 2008 Masaki Yusa anime Kaiba. Let's meet today's oddly drawn main characters. First up, he is the physical embodiment of a good memory. We got Jay. Jay, how's it going? doing pretty well you know just celebrated my birthday over the weekend and that was nice i thought i was gonna go out and do stuff and instead i stayed home and did nothing and you know what that was great so yes happy 18th birthday to jay uh next up he is (laughs) the physical embodiment of a blackout with the drink in his hand we got cat cat how's it going Uh, i wouldn't go that far uh at least not now uh i'm doing great today Having fun. Got me um, beer merch and beer in my hand. Let's get it. Some Discord lore, Kaz. The only person I know that has passed out on Discord twice. Uh, making his return to the cast, <laughs> he is the physical embodiment of a pleasant memory. We got Rifle. Rifle, how's it going? Oh, I'm doing pretty good today. I'm just happy we'll be talking about Kaiba. Yes, sir. Uh, our first moderator tonight, he's the physical embodiment of a down bad memory. We got Miles. Miles, how's it going? It's going good. I don't know if I'm hip enough to quite get the implications of that, but that's okay. No worries. Uh, and we got Pat. Oiba. We're talking about Koiba today, guys. Um, yeah, there's my Joey Wheeler impression uh, for the week. Uh, I'll come back next week with another one. But yeah, let's talk about Kaiba, a show uh, that aired in spring 2008, uh, made by Studio Madhouse. It's a studio original as well. It's not a... Uh, not from a manga or any other source. Uh, done by the famous director Yuasa Masaki as well. He's done uh, ping pong, and then God, what else has he done? That that's uh, Devil Man Crybaby. Awesome. Devil Man Crybaby, of course. Yes. Isokin. Girl. Isokin. Yeah. Lou over the wall. So we've done a couple of the shows actually already on this uh, on this Watch Club, and uh, yeah, why don't we get off uh, to our usual start with the first impression? So after the first few episodes, what do you think? What do you know about it going into it, maybe? And uh, would you recommend this show? Um, Pete, why don't you start off? Yeah, uh, kind of newer style that I'm used to for um, the, this director. It was a little outdated, you could tell. However, I when I got fully engrossed into the show, I I fell in love with this show. Really unique uh, storytelling, very similar to Mononoke. Somebody brought it up in our Discord. I liked how they kind of tied up um, vignettes and episodic shows into one main story. This whole thing was a blast. Uh, just a wonderful show. Deep, um, emotional show that I, I absolutely fell in love with. I would, I would absolutely recommend this show if you, can, if you can put your phone down and pay attention to the details. I feel like a lot of... A lot of the stuff you can easily miss if you're a little distracted. So yeah, I would absolutely recommend the show. Nice. What about you, Miles? Uh, yeah. So I um love this director. So I had high expectations going in. Um, episode one and two weren't like exactly my jam, but episode three happened, and I was like, oh, okay, here we go. And I don't think it really slowed down at all afterwards. Um. I think it's it's really good. Um, is it a bit dated? Yeah, but I think the animation's still like really really good. Um, the character design won't be for everyone, um, but I don't know. Screw those people. Uh, you know, I had a great time. 
Uh, I would definitely recommend watching this. As Pete said, it's a show where you have to like really pay attention. There's a lot of like contextual stuff that you need to piece together. It also has a ton of unreliable narrator stuff, which is not great for not paying attention and potentially rewinding from time to time if you want to really understand what happened. Um, or if you want to just go along for the ride, I'm sure that's a great way to experience it as well. But absolutely, two thumbs up, would recommend. Nice. And uh, Kat, what about you? So for me, this show is... This type of show for me isn't normally a isn't normally a fun uh, fun show for me to watch because it's like it feels kind of like a slice of life that is not it, it, it's not happy it's not happy go lucky uh, and once I start once I started watching it it was it actually didn't encapsulate me like a lot of these shows do but it encapsulated it encapsulated me in that like on that fence. Where I wasn't sure whether I was leaning towards it or to get, or against it, and for the first three episodes, it it really is interesting. It like it hooks you in the first, I'd say, probably six minutes, and you go through it, and it I would definitely recommend it. Uh, but uh, I would say that you probably like if you don't have a, a long attention span. Definitely take it in bite-sized chunks, probably like ep episode uh, a day or episode every two days, something like that. Because you will definitely want to, you definitely owe it to yourself to experience it. Just don't push yourself further than you, than you really know you can. That makes sense. I, I agree. The show uh, was hard to digest uh, at times, or it took a lot of it, like, uh, it, it got difficult, like, in the long it, extended it period took, that I watched it. It only took me, like, half the day, because I'm a fucking G, but, like, you know, other people, it, it might not be the same. Fair enough. It took me most of the day today to watch it. Um, uh, Jay, what about you? Uh, I really enjoyed the show from the get-go, personally. I think the show is really good at, like, showing, not telling. So I agree with Pete that you definitely need to pay, be paying attention. I really feel like from the first moment when the theme song kicks in, you kind of get the vibes with the animation and the song together. The whole OST as a, in general is also a treat and really gets you into the mood of this kind of forgotten, uh, broken world, which feels like a cartoon in a lot of ways it abides by like kind of kitty cartoon logic and having like nonsensical technology that they never explain and stuff like that but with a very grimy uh grim kind of outlook to it which i appreciated a lot definitely one of my favorite things i've seen from the director so far uh and then uh rifle what about you yeah i agree uh the show itself had that kid appearance, and if I'm uh, correct, over on YouTube, someone put the uh, episodes, and it was labeled as a kid's show by YouTube. So, <laughs> but underneath it all, it has some very dark undertones and sexual references that completely took me... Uh, I was shocked by, but I quite enjoyed. I like the 
overall mystery of the show, trying to figure out who our main character truly is, and the episodic stuff in the beginning truly helped set the tone, and I liked it. There you go. All right. Uh, and uh, I guess I'll be the pretty much the only naysayer, I, and I, I shouldn't be a full naysayer either, because I, I saw what the show was trying to do. I think uh, for me, uh. It was a little too abstract. It was a little too out there. And the the art was cool. I actually did like the art. It didn't bother me as much as, like, people might have expected it to. But, um, I just, it was extremely difficult to follow, uh, I, I think. I, I could never really piece together why things were happening the way that they were happening. And I'll talk about that a little later on as we keep watching, or as we keep discussing this. But, uh, I think... I I don't know. I think that this is just clearly not a story meant for me, uh, or or a style that meant for me. But, but uh, so if if you're wanting to like try this director out, I would recommend trying other shows myself. I would say like the Ping Pong or Isokin were a lot easier to digest and a lot more uh, appealing to someone like me. Uh, so I, I I actually wouldn't recommend this. I I I really was pretty bored throughout it too because I couldn't. Because I was having to work so hard, I it, it, but the payoff wasn't really there for me. I don't know. I I, I struggled with the show a lot, to be honest. Uh, but yeah. So on that bright note, why don't we discuss um, Kaiba with spoilers? So uh, going forward, spoiler t warning. Uh, it's I believe it's twelve episodes. If you want to watch it, you can find it on Crunchyroll in the North in the U.S. I believe most places worldwide, Crunchyroll would have it there as well. Uh, so yeah, Miles, why don't you start us off? Uh, sure. Some people referenced um, the series started with a couple, I think it's like, I don't know, six or seven sort of episodic episodes that definitely contribute to the overarching plot, but have their own contained plot. And then after that point, the episodes are less self-contained and just sort of finish off the main plot line. So I was curious which episodes people enjoyed the most from that sort of Thing. What did you get from those that episode? You know, what did you like about it? Um, I think they all are really interesting and have their merits. But I don't know if anyone wants to go first. Or Cat yeah. does. Yeah. So my favorite episode from the episodic episodes were. Uh, it, it was also the one that impacted me emotionally. The it, it impacted me emotionally the most. Uh, and that was episode four. That was the episode where we had the, where we first saw the plant, the memory-eating plant. Uh, it was with the grandparents, uh, not the grandparents, the travelers, excuse me. And this show, like this episode, after I saw like the, the, the old lady end up getting eaten, like, but it end up her memories getting eaten. That's when I was like, I I've got to call my grandparents. I've got to call somebody because like I want to know that they are safe. They are okay. I want to know what they're doing today because like it it genuinely impacted me. And then like after that, after the shock had settled in, after I had like digested what has happened, I like it. It takes a lot for me to actually do that from a show. And I I grant that with merit, and I genuinely I genuinely enjoyed that. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, episode four was great. Is episode four anyone else's uh, favorite that they want to expand upon, or does someone want to talk about a different one? Yeah, uh, I think episode four was uh, for me as well, uh, especially because I'm pretty much going through that right now, uh, that experience with my grandparents, you know, who both live with me and are going through very similar, like, it's kind of just happening, and I'm having being forced to watch it, you know, every single day and help out with it, and it's not easy. That that was a tough episode for me to watch, for sure. Four was not my favorite. Um, a cool thing, though, uh, for episode five with, like, the mad scientist and the dog, that uh, that was an original story that Misaki Yusa wrote for, like, a, a, like, another, like, anime that he tried to write, but then he liked the premise of Kaiba so much that he implemented his own story into, I guess he actually helped write Kaiba as well. So took that story and implemented it into episode five. I thought that was really cool. Mine was episode seven, uh, kind of like the downfall of vanilla where it was a character that I didn't resonate with right away. And I thought that it was actually kind of annoying this, the scenes that he was in, but by the end of it, he ended up being probably my favorite character in the show up there. And it was just a really cool storytelling way of how I can take this character in a matter of a few episodes from not liking him so much to seeing like his demise, his downfall, what made him like crumble because he has this secure job. He's trying to get enough money for like to get his mom back into a physical body. But in the end, it's like he was searching for like love. That's what he really wanted. And he, even though it seemed a little forced, I, I feel like sometimes with Chronico, but you found out like that's what Vanilla wanted. And I, I just thoroughly enjoyed that style of storytelling with him and what we saw at the end. Just so you know, listeners, at the end of Pete's arc, when he dies, he's going to be your favorite character. Right now, it's probably going to be Miles or somebody, but like, right, like at the end, you'll like him. Okay, well, let's hope that our listeners don't like Pete for a long time then. Uh, <laughs> why don't people like, why don't people like Pete <laughs> um the no, just not, the, you're just yeah the super spreader thing yeah that's, oh, oh that's right my bad um yeah <laughs> just, I, your you're crimes just were Zuko. your crimes were documented in the movie megamind <laughs> <laughs> uh, also in episode 11 of our 12 of the show yeah uh, when megamind makes an appearance um I mean, I almost made a Pete joke about that, but I forgot. Um, I think something to talk about with this feeling forced, Pete, is that Vanilla at the end realizes that he's forcing this, that he really wants love and this person isn't going to love him back. And he he was just trying to do this, but he's like willing to die for the yeah, concept deal. anyway. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I think that they did a good job with that. Like, I, I think that, you know, for a, a space cop who abuses his powers, they wrote a very um, sympathetic character, uh, which is impressive. So the scene where he's like holding the ice cream and it starts raining, but he's still waiting for her. Holy shit, dude. That was like, just so good. Rest in peace, vanilla. I mean, the physical embodiment of him. I'm sure his memories are still floating in the river, the yeah. memory river. Now that I look at Vanilla, we gotta talk about we gotta talk about episode three, Chronico's boots. Yep. Yes. So for those of you at home, essentially episode three is it's our first stop in the series. Um, our main character is in the body 
of basically a stuffed animal, cannot speak or show facial expression, and it's pretty hard to get around, but is saved by a street vendor named Chronico, who is known for her bright red boots. And we get to learn a lot about her family's uh, inner struggles, such as the fact that she lost her mom at quite a young age and is being taken care of by her aunt, who she treats as her mother figure, who is also the person who got her said boots. Um, I believe pretty much everybody here had a pretty strong reaction to it from what I recall. But Miles, you in particular were talking about it quite a bit. If you would like to lead the discussion on this. Yeah, I guess we, we've watched like a lot of anime. Um, the, the, you know, I guess this is probably like the single episode that made me just go like, oh, like the most, like, <laughs> I, 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 you know, like, I, I think that this is like, I don't know, while I was busy being heartless during whatever episode of Violet Evergarden that was, um, it, it all caught up to me here. Um, I was, I, I had to take a break. Um, to me, this episode was just so sad for like a number of reasons. Uh, Chronico didn't sort of realize the resentment her aunt had grown for her after like the death of her uncle. Um, and so she was so willing to self-sacrifice for it and something that was like already like a selfless act was even taken a like larger advantage of, um, by the aunt, but the, like the, the aunt's obviously like a, like did a very terrible thing. Um, but it, it, to me, the bit where no matter what she did or how she tried in this world where you can modify memories and get rid of your bad memories and implant good memories, um, she couldn't escape what she did. Like, no matter yeah. what. The and, scene about 11 minutes in where we see her literally removing her good memories of Chronico so she yes. can sell her to her bot, well, her memories to the, uh, to this black market person or whatever. Yeah. And it's at the so end, powerful. yeah. When she's playing the piano after she's tried to just delete everything, but can't stop remembering it and just breaks down um, because of what she's done. I just thought, I don't know. To me, that was just such a powerful message that it doesn't matter. Like what you, you can't forget your, your past through denial basically you have to confront yeah. your mistakes and what you've done and come to terms with them and everything and it, it was just so tragic because the world they live in is is incredibly cruel and it sells them false promises almost constantly and you understand how a situation like this could have happened um Whenever they were showing her memories of, like, being at work and essentially working at, like, a nuclear reactor or something, yes. she just exploded. Like, that was just really fucking tough. And then she loses her husband and stuff, and it's like, you understand how a person could be driven to these sorts of lengths, but at the same time, man, is what she did fucked up. Like, yeah, he was, Pete was saying she was the worst mom in anime. I don't know if I would necessarily agree with that, but what she did is definitely very morally questionable. Top, top I, I, five I, I, worst moms. 
Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, okay. she she expresses remorse, which makes her better than some people. I'm quite sure. Um, True. She's be- she's better than the mom in Erased. I'll give her that. <laughs> the the bad mom, not the good mom that dies at the start. Whoa! Spoilers. Yeah, really. Come on, man. Literally in the first ten minutes. <laughs> I'm never um, gonna watch Erased now. That's fine. It's, it's I'm over. Cool. I, I gave it a six. I'm cool with you not watching Erased. <laughs> I thought that I have news for you then about <laughs> <laughs> um, the juxtaposition between her pushing the cart with Chronico on it, and then when Chronico gets older, as she's remembering after she's done everything, of Chronico helping her push the cart after her arms exploded. Um, to, I don't know. It, it, it just it's been haunting. I've been doing nothing but thinking about this episode for like three days now or something. Uh, I told Kayla about it, and she was like, why did you tell me this? This sounds awful. Like, <laughs> what a terrible thing. And I was like, yeah, it's awful, isn't it? Did um, you get her to watch the anime? No, I, I I didn't. We were running a little bit out of time, and I'm glad that she didn't watch it, because she would have found it really sad. Um, the soundtrack oh, was okay. doing work in that episode, oh, God, too. It yes. like, like that loting piano tune that they do with, <laughs> yes. like... It's so very, good. very Zelda esque, like very yeah. Naruto swing. Like Majora's Mask Zelda e. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. For me, and this will be the last thing I say about this episode. We can talk about other episodes or whatever. But like, it, this level of impact up here is up with like End of Evangelion and Episode Ten of Devilman Crybaby for things that just made me wish I could shrink up into a ball and not be a human anymore. Um, yeah, and. <laughs> Uh, you know, but that's sort of the the opposite of what the message of Kaiba is. We should strive to be human. So, yeah. um, so, um, uh, going off of like carrying the ball of what you were um what you were talking about, I would like to point. At, I don't remember what episode it was, but the episode with the actual grandparents. Uh, I I keep on calling the other episode the grandparents because it reminds me of my grandparents, but the one where we have the two kids. And then the grandmother. That's four. That is four, four. actually. Yes. Oh, okay. There was a small mistake. You were talking about episode six with the muscular woman. Yeah, it was episode six. Yeah, with the episode muscular, six. Muscular woman. You're correct. Thank you, Rifle. Episode four was very like heart wrenching, in my opinion, because yeah. like you have this, you have this like. And I'm I'm about to get kind of sentimental. My my wife has depression, and like it's it's you can kind of see how like how it's understandable for them to like have lost a lot of things, have like know that they may not have anything that grants them happiness in them, in their life, and they want to move on. And you've got to figure out a way to like have them want to be here with you and and then like getting having that episode just it it made me like it made me sit back and it like it made me question why i'm doing it i i actually had to go back into my own mind and like be like I'm doing this because it's my life. We have a life together. We're going to have a larger life together. We need to do this. And like and I had to create the juxtaposition. She's she has lost everything. And that's terrible to think about. But like yeah. it's it's just thinking about that like 
literally having that go on in my head, like this made me think so much that like it it made me feel a a really bad type of way until I actually thought about it. Like it, it makes me want to it gives me more fuel to want to have a life in the future. You know what I mean? It yeah. it, it makes me feel good. Episode you know four is also extremely notable in the fact that it was written, directed, storyboarded, and animated all by one person in a series of five thousand different drawings over nine months, which is just truly incredible. Uh, the guy has joked that he should get a Guinness World Record for that, and you know what? I think he probably should. Agree. Probably should. Absolutely insane. <laughs> or a living wage. What was that about animators? Sorry. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> um, what's the message of Kaiba? I don't know. Anyways. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed episode four quite a bit as well. Like, like Pat said, you know, I've also dealt with that sort of uh, deal in uh, the life of my great-grandparents, and it's extremely difficult and just like especially the concept of just memories being able to be like erased or altered in some way it, it hits very close to home if you've ever dealt with somebody who's going through dementia or alzheimer's or something like that which yeah i think many people can relate to uh yeah so for me i didn't there wasn't really a special episode I had. I thought every episode was truly unique and connected for many people. Uh, both the uh, grandparents, I feel like, uh, it, both grandparent episodes were truly sad, uh, such as having to take care of someone who's lost their memories, like people with dementia, who... You have to continually help them through that. And episode four with the grandmother, how she willingly commits suicide to be with her loved one was something that was hard to take in. Uh, if I had to choose, I would probably say uh, episode four being the one that truly stood out for me. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, I think it's it's really good. Um, so we've we've all talked about um episodes we like. I uh, I guess I'm gonna fill the air for like ten seconds until Jake gets back, so I don't have to repeat the next question. Um, but I'm all gl glad that we got to talk about a few different episodes there. There's like I think that depending on who you are and where you come from and everything, that there's like an episode in this show for you. Um, in some way, uh, there's it, it's interesting how like the common themes of memories and identity can be played in in so many different ways. Um, and I'm going to give up on waiting for Jay. And <laughs> I, I was going to say it's kind of, it was kind of like Violet when uh, I know like Pat's favorite episode was like 11 and mine was 10. And then it was because of like 10 was like really emotional for me. 11 was like a connection for Pat. And it, we kind of like had that all over the place with Violet. I feel like this was very similar there. It, how we incorporated like different themes about like being human into its story that we could connect with differently. And I, I thought it was just so wonderful, just massively crafted. 
Um, yeah, easy six out of ten per happy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I um I, I'd like to talk about what everyone thought about how this show dealt with like self identity. Um, I thought that was like uh really cool. It, it to me it had like just sort of a people have like an essence to themselves and it doesn't matter like what body they're in. And in some ways it doesn't even matter what memories you have, like your memories shape you, the body you're in shapes you. But at the end of the day, you are someone uh, at your core and you will shine through despite those things um, in various ways. Um I saw like in a muscular woman where they like find each other and then they're in completely different bodies of like the opposite uh, sex that they're used to, but they like still fall in love. And that's like, they're confused about like why all this is happening and stuff. I thought was like a really powerful thing. I thought the way that they dealt with that was like super interesting. Um, but there was a lot of cases where people were either in a body they weren't supposed to be in or their memories got split and then there was two of them and then they took diverging paths. Like, there was a lot of interesting things here. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on any of those particular instances. Yeah. I I would definitely like to talk about uh, how uh, in in a lot of the ways of, like, kind of relating how the bodies are kind of like in a way role playing, uh, mainly because I, I can kind of think about it because I've been doing a lot of D and D lately. But like, all of the characters that you play will always have your same personality in it. Like, it it will have at least some semblance, no matter what. And just that uh, adding into like actually having a body and the and one of the things that they say in episode. I think, yeah, episode four. No, not episode four. Uh, episode five? The one with uh, a muscular woman, right? Yeah, that's five. Yeah. Uh, where... Or six, sorry. Yeah, so, like, where it says this... I don't know if it's this body or if it's me. Like, it just... Just that attraction, like, it doesn't matter who you are. Like, when me and my wife are playing D&D... Our characters tend to go towards each other sometimes. Like, it's it's just a way that it happens. And, like, it's it's always going to be something like that. Uh, I, I, I kind of like that premise, but, you know, I'm not going to Literally, because Chronicles is a minor. Um, um, I, I don't know. For, uh, I have never really struggled much with with like believing like who i am or or personal identity you know like i, I maybe i've i've had imposter syndrome before where i've been like oh you know like i didn't i don't deserve this job or i, I don't deserve this opportunity then being given something along those lines but i've never really struggled really like feeling like i belong in my body or that i am myself so i i don't think that uh i would you know i i'm not able to connect as much i guess to to those conversations that were were happening in this show, um, although I I don't know if that was entirely a huge uh, like that big of a plot point throughout. It was more in very specific instances. But uh, I don't know. Would is that kind of what you were asking, Miles? Is that well? I I mean I think that's like 
what you're saying there is like part of it because different people take being in different bodies like different different ways throughout this uh like popo for example right he's originally in this very like frail sickly body um he gets a new one and he is like this is me this is exactly who i'm supposed to be like you know this is everything while other people when they switch bodies or whatever have a harder time adjusting to it or not so like i think that you know what you're saying is that like i you know i've never had any like issues or anything like there are definitely people in this who are who are similar they like know who they are and what they believe in and what their goals are and there are other people who are more lost in who they want to be and what they believe in and that's shown in some ways by uh them getting lost in who they are right like you can literally just your personality can evaporate in this world um can i, can I take off that because yeah, i think i think there's nothing that i mean what you're saying like it absolutely is with warp when he's in chronicle's body where he comes he kind of accepts the fact that he is a girl he's in a girl's body now and he's going to play that role and he questions whether like his intentions with vanilla and that that's kind of like the identity thing of like is is this who i really am or is this the role i'm supposed to play and you see that with warp his entire like character story like he's he's supposed to be the successor to his father who was the king he is now the king and then he always has this impression of like i have to be somebody who whatever role i'm given and i think i just think that was so incredibly well told through warp and then at the end of the entire story it was that the one thing he really wanted was to be in love with nerio like that that was it love finds a way for him to be to do what he wanted and I th I thought that was just immaculate storytelling. It was so well done. I think it could have been missed as well, but I think if you pay attention to like Warp's backstory with like his mom, his dad, and like all of his clones, I think it could have been missed. But I just I just thought like his identity crisis throughout the entire story, and at the end, him being him having the one thing that he wants and he got it was just just so yeah. good. I mean, multiple yeah. times throughout the story, right? Like. And maybe this is what you were going to say, Jay, so let me know if it was. But, like, they come together and almost make it happen several times. It has, like, a very um, destiny sort of feel to it. Yeah. I feel like, first of all, I want to say that I agree that they definitely touch on, like, dysmorphia and stuff in the episode The Muscle Woman with both Nero and Warp talking about how, like, they're in bodies that are different genders than the ones they start off in. Uh, for Nero, it's actually a physical issue because her body has been made into this uh, masculine weapon with bombs for hands, so she can't even go to the bathroom properly. And she's, like, it afraid to... to go to the bathroom. Yeah, exactly, because it'll fucking... Yeah, we see that, it like, her bombs come off onto things when she grabs things. So... That's explored a lot. And then I also, uh, I think that what you're saying, Miles, is reflected in the intro song as well, when they have, like, the hands grasping for each other and not being able to reach each other at the at first. And then they can only really reach each other when they're shifting through different bodies and stuff like that. It's, all in all, I feel like the OP of this show really encapsulates the entire feeling and a lot of the themes in a very emotional and succinct way 
Yeah, I also think it's... Oh, Kat, go ahead. Um, I would just like to say that this show has a lot more effective handshaking than a handshakers does. <laughs> yes. Ooh. Um, uh, yeah. I, um... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, Miles is just like, yeah, I'm not gonna boo you, but I agree with the boo. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> um, I I don't know. I just had like the very largest sense of deja vu, and I just figured out it was because they were in different channels. But Cat has twice in two different channels now typed, "I'd like to make a joke," and I saw I that, that happen to me, and saw the time, and I was I, I all of a sudden someone you know I was like I felt. Like, I was one of these characters who was disassociating from a reality when I had never felt like that. I was like, oh no, it's getting to me. Is it an exceedingly common theme in anime? Like, it's it's sort of like the Dr. Doofensmirch or whatever his name is. Doofensmirch? Uh, Do- yeah, Smirch, where it's like, if I had a nickel for every time the anime villain's goal was to, like, create one vast pool of memories where everyone lived, I would have three nickels. That isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened three times. Um, like, nice uh, bro. Yeah, it's. It, I I was kind of hoping that it would happen. Um, like I've seen Devil Man Cry Baby, right? Like this guy doesn't always write happy endings, but um, it it didn't. But I wonder if there's like a cultural reason that that's so prevalent in Japan, right? Like this concept of someone wanting to make a like a collective consciousness of like everyone, um. There is, actually. And I know the reason why. It's because, like, uh, in Japan, a lot of people... A lot of people are atheists in Japan. But in Japan, there is there are just unconnected uh, telephone poles uh, or telephone booths, like, kind of, in, uh, kind of in England. And they will go in there and start to talk to their ancestors, people who they people who they've lost recently because they believe they're in purgatory, which is just here, but kind of like Bleach, if you've ever seen Bleach. Like, they're they're here. They can see you, but they can't communicate with you. And this is their way of communicating with you one I've way. I've never seen Bleach. Explain the concept of Bleach to me. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I was going to say, I'm joking anyway. Um, I guess that, that does definitely track with, like, what happens in, like, even Galleon, right? Spoiler alerts for Eva if you haven't seen in the last 30 years. Um, not end of Eva, Pat. Just Eva. No, just Eva. You're good. You're good. Just Eva. Not end of Eva. Just you Eva. Scared me. You scared okay. me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I, I think that I it is. Um, okay, well, what do you do? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but I've, I'm always, I, I like that concept. I think that that's like a very good sort of villain concept um you can sort of see why someone would want to do that um everyone here hates uh popo right uh, oh, yeah. i just want to make sure that that's that's true anyone feel I sorry for him but, clear i like him as a character but yeah. he's anakin skywalker and i'm not the biggest anakin skywalker fan he's I don't a know well-written character worse. but fuck that guy <laughs> sorry Rifle? Yeah, I'd like to. Say, I don't know who's worse, Popo or Butter. Oh, Butter's the goat. Yeah, <laughs> Butter. Butter is just a toxic king. That's all there is to it. Like Butter is the future of Kaiba, more or less. Butter. <laughs> Butter lives for the chase. 
how butter got to be the love interest for like at least a dozen women looking like butter does butter is the goat like that's the only explanation <laughs> yeah uh, he's meant to be a play on romance anime mcs from what i understand like that's oh ugly as fuck and has no personality has no personality but everyone's in love with him is he he og ugly bastard yes i guess so yes this is 2006 so probably not og but (laughs) no not quite og but maybe one of the first safe for work ugly bastards yeah (laughs) that's um close enough when uh coach who died um I like looked up like did she die? Cuz I was like I did I just didn't realize this was going to be that kind of show. Um and then I found myself doing it the next episode um when what's her name died and I didn't want her to die and I was like well her body's still around so maybe she'll come back to life. And Monica? Yeah, and she didn't and yeah. I was really sad. Um I don't know. I just love it. Like the scientist who just gets driven Richie? insane. No, Patch. Pat. Yeah, I loved Patch. Like I loved that. Just the, he tries to do something good, and he gets used for this like super shallow region. So he starts like fucking with the people that he's he's doing it for, but like they don't realize it. It's just I I don't know. I uh, relate to it. Um. Now let's not unpack that at all. And, um, you know, does anyone have any technical notes about this? Uh, I, like, I thought the animation was great. I thought the soundtrack was amazing. Um, but are there any particular moments of anything, um, or criticisms that you might have, uh, that you want to, to bring out? Jay does. I really liked the first, the chase scene in the first episode with Pal, Carrie, and Kaiba. I think the seam, the transition from 2D to 3D was pretty seamless, and the camera work that they used was basically, like, just insane. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought that they used CGI in 3D in a really creative way, especially for the time, since this was released in 2008. So I, I enjoyed that quite a bit, and, you know, like you said, the soundtrack and stuff was just top-notch as well. Like... Yeah, they did a great job with that. The base, uh, bounce off Jade, like the foreshadowing with the um, the the runner that whatever the thing is that the fact that that was his mom and that's why he the or she was helping Kaiba in the first episode was like really cool that 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 got brought up in like episode like eleven or twelve. I I honestly thought that this storytelling was just immaculate. I I was hooked by the the vignettes that they they told in the beginning episodes, and then how they all tied it up in, into the the ending. Uh, the finale of episode twelve I think is one of the best endings I've seen in anime. I absolutely love how they pieced everything together. They gave us an ending that we can talk about where um, whether Kaiba has his memories or not at the end. I don't think that matters because of like the impact that him and um, um, Nero, Nero have at the end was just was so well done. One thing that I loved about this show was how the OP was more emotional as the show went on, where it's the same song every time that the show starts, but as I get more and more deeper into the story, the more the impact the OP has, where I was skipping it in the first couple episodes, even though I liked it, it was like, I, I get it. 
and then by the end i was listening to it episode 10 11 12 in in full because it, it was just bringing me into my feels because i was so connected with this show and i can't really remember an op ever that like did that for me where i was just so emotionally invested in the op because of the story was just just so well done this this show was just fantastic and so many technical elements and the art very very yusa style you i, I think you see some of this style like this in later works like izoken and devilman crybaby very similar you definitely um, see the izoken predecessor with like how they blend the 3d and the 2d right like you get that what they do so amazing in izoken you get like the uh, foundation of that and like the camera work in the direction of this pete i'm gonna put you on the spot right now Ooh. this or rayview starlight what has the better storytelling because you were praising that rayview starlight storytelling i think if i watch the review starlight movie and i have full conclusion i would i would have a better argument for but for the sake of this question i think it's kaiba I, I think the storytelling and writing is a 10 out of 10. I, I don't think it missed... It maybe missed once. But, like, for the most... I think the only bad writing was um, when Popo drops his mom's memory going up <laughs> yes, the elevator. That, that, I that did, was not great. <laughs> I was just like, that's so forced. Like, this is... Falls I into almost this... posted a Butterfingers clip in the yeah anim- in the Discord. Like website. I understand okay, so that, that did happen. I thought that I was like watching and I was like, wait, did that really? Did they really just imply that someone would ever do that? You know, like or like why would they? Yeah, you know, like that's a, such a stupid. It, it was to push the narrative. Like I get it. To, so he falls into despair. He'll do anything to be one. He wants to be. He wants to be Neo Genesis goo, but like. Do you know what? He should have also, been a piece of shit to his mom before, like, to other people. He was! Yeah, like, he's he was, a shit he's, person. He was yeah. calling his mom a piece of shit, basically, in front of other people when they asked about it. And it's like, man, fuck you. Yeah, I'm you glad his... You're a bastard. The, the person I, that he loved lost it, his memories. That's what you here, get. Here's yeah. another thing. If we're gonna talk about Popo, we need to talk about the thing that happened directly after he became a fucking dickhead. Like, outwardly. Uh, just the gun to the back of the head. Gun to their back of the head. Oh, gun you to mean the, their back what, of the head. What you say? <laughs> what you say? <laughs> what you say? Um, God, I, like, it was a bit comical, but I love that because in a world where you can alter people's memories and stuff, like, of course everyone would be betraying everyone, like, 30 times over. But it, I, it was, like, the fifth rug pool, and I it was, like, I had this thing where I was like, oh, I like all of these betrayals. I was like, maybe that's too many betrayals. And I was like, no, wait, now it's even more. Now I like it again. (laughs) (laughs) And then at the end, it's revealed that it it didn't even matter because they all, like, they're all walking around. They they had their memories erased, but that's it at the end. Yes. Which, honestly, I kind of like that because, like, they still, it's still a shit situation for uh, everybody there because... The Kaiba has destroyed destroyed like most of the planet at that point. It's kind of unclear how much he got to chomp on, and he's already collapsed like multiple worlds before then. Uh, I I'm gonna do some unpopular stuff right now, and I'm going to try to defend Popo a little bit here. Mm. Um, it just really quickly. Uh, Warp was a terrible dictator. <laughs> 
And so I don't think Warp was that evil, honestly. He was killing people just sort of left and right based off of the word oh, of his AI program. So were they. When yeah. they were blowing up the memory tanks, that was killing people. Yeah, but yeah. People. So he started doing that first, right? It's not like they started doing terrorism against... I don't think Warp was that evil. They were... They I really were, don't like... think Warp was that evil. Okay, so here, here's the thing. They were... Uh, excuse my language. Fucking kids! Like, they were having memories where they were fucking kids like they were killing people doing pedophilia like a lot of that shit they were they were doing people that the computer ai overlord that ruled warp's entire movement that had its own sentient personality said were fucking kids Yeah. I mean, that's fair, well, but, like, but... he did still. no investigation into if that was the truth. He said, kill them. Oh, th- this is true. Kill them. But if you, if you have something that has been... If you have something that has been right most of the time, and you hear it say X, Y, or Z, you're probably going to believe it. Okay, and so we should all watch Minority Report next. I've already and... seen Minority Report. <laughs> okay, well... Um, you know, my thought is that, like, whether it's true or not, automating that process is not very ethical, um, and that, that he controls everyone's memories in a extremely detailed, minutia way. I understand why someone might rise up against him in some ways, also because while people are like living forever or whatever they're also being like stored in permanent memory hells and um forced into like inadequate bodies and (laughs) so you just mean google (laughs) yeah i mean like (laughs) you know i don't know google does like a lot of that sort of like nefarious stuff and everything um well, I mean Facebook more more often, but like Google, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. Like you have someone who who knows everything or controls everything, and like you saw how much corruption and uh just general tomfoolery um which is what, was in was in a like committed in this world, right? It's not like warps um iron fist was making the world a better place. The world was an absolute shit pile, like, the entire time. Um, yeah, I would never want to live there myself. No, no. <laughs> I mean, Warp I'm... did give them the ability to do the memory stuff, though. They said he invented the memory tanks and whatnot. So, like, that... I feel like, overall, like, that's a plus. But, you know, obviously... I feel like... Okay, a big aspect of this, I think, is that it shows, like, so many different... Like, they're still humans at the end of the day, right? Despite their, like, weird shapes and ability to be essentially immortal and stuff. It shows that humans will corrupt that sort of thing. But I don't think Warp's invention... Like, it's like saying, you know, that the invention of, like, electricity or something didn't make the world better because people invented the electric chair or some shit like that. I, like, I, th- I think I, overall I if, the memory yeah, tanks are good. My thought is, like, I, I don't know, let's say yeah, I don't know, whoever, whoever invented guns was also dictator of the entire universe and controlled guns. 
entirely. Like, he controls everyone's memories almost, like, completely and thoroughly, but Again, there's like this horrible. Honestly, he doesn't really control everybody's memories. Though. He just he can kill people remotely at a whim. I mean, true, but it doesn't really happen to most people. It seems <laughs> most people that we know about, though. Uh, yeah, so, I, like I, I, I think. I mean, someone even says like the majority of the people are not in the one mind society and hate warps rule. Yeah, but like the majority of people and like even any given the, even society in the don't, you know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, not everyone rises up against tyranny all the time. And, like, the One Mind Society is obviously also super corrupt, right? Like, they're using... They're literally three warps in a trench coat. Yes. But, yes. Ugly, but ugly ones. Um, three old warps in a trench coat. I forget who it was who was defending warp. But they say, like, yeah, it's true he was a dictator, but he's also in love. And, like... You know, that was, like, the argument. Um, now, well, I wait, guess... Also, are we counting Kaiba and Warp as two different characters for this thought experiment? Oh, God. Uh, no? I think, I think arguably <laughs> yes. Kaiba and Warp are shown distinctly as two different characters in episode 12. Well, that is the point, I think. Like, right? Nero, like in most things... Near, the power of love changing somebody would be fucking stupid, but I feel like it fits in Kaiba. Like, Nero's <laughs> love really does... Like, the, it's explicitly stated by characters in the story that his love changed, or her love changed him multiple times. Yeah, so I, I, knew I, I think it... I think Kaiba himself is not necessarily a bad entity. Well, I think he was. I don't think right. Warp was necessarily... I don't know, man. Like the, I, like I said, the memory takes are a huge boon for society. Uh, yeah, but they're used almost exclusively for evil, and he does nothing for it. I wouldn't say they're used exclusively for evil. The like, whole like, intro talks about how only rich people use this technology, and no, they use they it said, to, like... <laughs> they said only rich people can afford to, like, get their memories, bad memories removed and stuff like that. True. Um... Pete, you were gonna say something. Oh no, I was just the it was the warp Kaiba thing. Like, which which one is the evil dictator? Was that Kaiba or is that Warp? Because I feel like warp, warp, was... warp is the dictator. Kaiba is the okay person. Kaiba, 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 good Warp, bad. Well, Kaiba was Warp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That's why I was confused. Yeah, okay. I was like, which so version is, of Warp yeah, are we I, talking about? Kaiba is that particular clone yes warp, and, and it's powers. i wouldn't say it's so much that he's not warp at the end but that he he rejects warp he decides that he can be his own person not this person that he was like genetically engineered to be yeah so, um, like with him shedding his memories like to akira battle this <laughs> kaiju monster yes. um uh kaiba is gattaca uh, everyone watch gattaca it's reverse gattaca uh, <laughs> where even if you are genetically superior to someone in any way, that doesn't mean that you can't think, settle down and get I married. I think there's a lot of touchstones for this. Like, To Your Eternity would be one I would probably suggest as well. If you like that sort of thing, you probably like Kai. Agreed. I, I honestly think, like, a little bit Violet Evergarden, too. Like, it, it the way that they have these, like, sentimental stories, like, this is a lot more dystopian than Violet is, but, like... It's a very similar structure where you have this overarching plot and then you have these vignettes that are emotional and then they all tie together and then you have some like reoccurring characters and stuff. And then um, it's all about 
you know, I don't know, learning how to deal with loss or your memories or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so. Hmm. I didn't even really get to say, uh, like what I didn't like about this, uh, the, the, the storytelling in this, because I don't know, I, everyone else has been talking about it very positively. And I, I guess for me, the world felt too abstract to, uh, for me to follow in a, in a very like, like in a long-term sense, like I, things would happen on the screen, like such as like, oh, the guns that they were using or the look where they were sta where they were existing, you know, even like it was, it was so abstract. I, I felt lost at almost at all times. And I think it's, and to be fair, I think that is what you're supposed to feel. You're not supposed to necessarily understand everything, but I, I like rules. I like structure. And this show had very little of it to me, I think. And, that, and that's where I got really you frustrated. Needed tell. You needed more tell in it, like them kind of explaining what was or, going or, on. I, I guess, but even even just like, hey, the the world that they're in is this, or or or, or it like, it, it just felt like, oh, when they shot a gun at someone, what did that mean? It, there were like three different times where it meant something different. Like What's the, the color of the gun, they have yellow goopy gun, and then they have like green memory gun, and then yeah, and that, but then sometimes gun. they get turned into goop, right? It's the yellow gun. Right. Okay. I get that. that. Dissolve, it dissolves their bodies. The guns destroy everything but memory chips and memory eggs. Right. And then they take that goop and can throw it into like a. They can take the goop and restore them their memories with that, or they can take the memory chip and put it into a new body, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. I. It depends I just... on what the. Um, it depends on whether the body has been has already been. Uh, absolved into a memory chip or not. Most of the time, the eggs are too far gone unless you have, like, high-level technology, it seems. Like, yeah, has access to. Right. And, uh, but it just felt very abstract. Like, uh, the settings, yeah. like, rather than being, like, in a building or in this place, in that place where that looked normal or that you can, like, piece together, oh, this is the school, this is the... Which, of course, not not that this was meant to take place at a place like that. But, you know, like, it, generally speaking, you can look at the background art and figure out where they're standing or piece it together. And I, I struggled with that a lot. I, it felt way, way too abstract for me. Um, I, and I struggled to be interested in the story because of that most of the time. Like, you know, they'd, they'd be chasing or running somewhere. I'd be like, well, where are they running? They're just running. And then, oh, they'd go into a dream or they'd, they'd I don't know open the whole up uh, open the wall up because they can do that for some reason and then go into the wall or or i, I like again I, I i feel i feel so lost like trying to even explain this because it, it it was so so difficult for me to follow where what was going on exactly um but yeah we are uh approaching about an hour of discussion so i think we should move on to our uh, our final thoughts i don't really think best boy and best girl are really a maybe best character is a good one uh, I I feel like for the show, but that does that make sense to you guys? Favorite yeah. character and yep. least favorite character. Yeah, I guess we can do that. There we go. Uh, but yeah, so do that along with your closing thoughts and your final score, please. Uh, Pete, why don't you kick us off? A best character, I'm gonna go with Vanilla. I think this was like a close race. I think I'm actually gonna say I didn't think there was a bad character in this show. Even someone like Popo, who I did not like, I thought was a very good character. So I'm gonna go with no bad characters. My favorite character is Vanilla. 
Uh, this show was an absolute treat. It was very artsy. I was a little concerned after episode one because it didn't hook me right away. Um, once I got more involved in the story towards the end of the vignettes into the actual main story, towards like uh, 8, 9, 10, that stuff, I got really invested into this, in this story. I loved, loved the ending. I like the fact that we don't know if Kaiba regained his memory or not at the end, but just him smiling at... Uh, Nereo was like enough for me to be like hell yeah like it doesn't matter if he has his memory or not they're together that's what matters love the ending the show was fantastic really nitpicky stuff about things I didn't like uh, the popo stuff at the end with his character not the biggest fan it felt a little like out of place where like they didn't really know how to yeah, uh, like it fish it. it it's like it's like in rom-coms where like oops I tripped over and now I'm on top of you and you were wearing a towel like they didn't really like know what to do so they just threw in that thing to like drive the story it's oh no I dropped it yeah that, that's kind of like what it felt like and that honestly it kind of took me out of it a little bit and there's just some like nitpicky stuff throughout the story um otherwise the the show was an absolute treat I loved it I'm gonna give it a 9 out of 10 okie dokie 9 from Pete Alrighty, uh, Miles, what about you? Uh, yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed this show. I thought it was, like, uh, crafted super, super well. Um, uh, you know, I don't know. I thought all of the stories were great. I thought the way that they blended into each other was fantastic. The, the themes and the messaging was always really interesting. Um, I'm supposed to talk about my favorite character, uh, so I will. Um, I think my favorite character uh, was Chronico, as short-lived as she was. I just loved her absolute selflessness and a willingness to like help her family, and I was heartbroken when that was betrayed. Um, God, I don't know. The show is so good. Um, you know, again, a few nitpicks, like Pete had said about the uh popo thing i think that there are like other ways you could have done that like they had a fight he could have just had it out and been talking to her and then dropped it because someone shot a gun at him or something like it's a pretty easy thing to to solve um but ultimately i think that like the end result of that not working out was good and i thought his character arc was really good where he just sort of realized that to get where he wanted he had to like give up literally everything and so what the hell was the point of doing any of this anyway um i'm gonna give it a 10 i really like this show bravo miles a 10 wow it's not i was not expecting that uh jay what about you so i really enjoyed the show a lot the ost as uh viewers of the show might know the OST is a big part of my scoring, how it evokes emotions in me, how I feel it represents the themes that are present in the show. And I feel like the OST and sound design of Kaiba is definitely receiving high marks because of how it accomplishes that. The storytelling, I enjoyed quite a bit. I liked the episodic nature of the first seven or so episodes. Um, I do, however, think that it is kind of the downfall of the show's storytelling in a way. I wish we, had, I wish this was perhaps a uh, thirteen-episode series, and that we were given maybe two more episodes of character development that were not episodic to really get to know our main cast, specifically uh, Popo or uh, or Popo Kaiba 
Checky and uh, Nero. Like a flashback, another flashback episode might have been good or something for that. Um, if not, you know, just making it a two core. Even though I understand maybe some people wouldn't want to do that, and it would have been a lot of work to do that. Uh, overall, I really enjoyed this quite a bit. For my best character, I'm gonna have to give it to. Uh, I believe it's Keichi. He is the uh, kind of wheel or uh, wheelchair guy. It's not like a, an actual wheelchair, but it's a chair with wheels on it. So I guess it's a similar deal. Who has like becomes a super robot at the end. Yes. I really liked his arc of like being in love with someone who is definitely never going to be with them, but not caring because like just being able to, you know, sacrifice himself for that person was good enough. And then at the end, we get the little Easter egg where he's uh, still alive as well with Hio Hio, which is cool. Uh, worst character? Uh, I mean, it's it's always fuck Popo season, but he was really well written. So don't think that when I say worst character, I mean they were poorly written or anything like that. Least I just, favorite it's, character. It's, it's fuck that guy. He's my least favorite. Um, and overall, like I said, I really enjoyed this show. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Alrighty. Uh, Kat, what about you? So, for me, personally... This show was really, really good. It had me feeling... It had me in my feels for the first half a lot of the time. And then in the second half, it actually had me on the edge of my seat. Probably because of the feels, but also because like I was invested in the story. Um, from those Chronico episodes, it like really made me interested in the character Kaiba. And from the Kaiba episodes at the end, it made me even... It made me invested in Kaiba. And uh, because of that, I, I it just did such a great job with for, with storytelling. Um, a lot of you guys have already said what some of the things that I was gonna say. So I'm gonna go straight into my my favorite character. My favorite character is Kronika. Oddly enough, uh, I loved her character development while Kaiba was in her, and just her character development in general. Her story arc was great. Um, and then, uh, and then once she was Kaiba, once Kaiba was inside of Kronika's body, it was just, it was so fun. Uh, Vanilla, not exactly my favorite character, but my least favorite character? Uh, that's gonna go to Popo. Actually, no! No, it's not going to go to Popo. It's going to go to Sate, uh, who is Keiichi's sister. The the one with the jeans on her mouth. I French fucking code. hated that bitch. Like, yes, she is my least favorite character. But overall, this show, I've been struggling whether or not to call it a 9 or 10 in my head. I think I'm, as much as I want to call it a 10 for... For all of the things that... You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna call it a 10. There we go. And that's all of the votes. This is the new yeah. highest rated <laughs> anime. Um, uh, see you guys yeah. next week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, Rifle, bring us down a little bit. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> so, uh, for me, the show had some very enjoyable moments for me. Uh, like it was say, it was very cartoonish, like episode one, with vanilla outside the ship and the cape guy running after him and vanilla's like yo i need some money 
before I can let you on, and he just does all this comedic stuff with him. I enjoyed that. Uh, epis- the episodic nature of the show created interesting themes such as self-identity, uh, uh, what was it? it, setting the trends like episode 5 and cannibalism. Uh, we won't go into that, but uh, I just liked all the themes it had, but I do agree with Pat how some stuff, it was very abstract or confusing at times. Uh, if you weren't paying attention, you got lost. Uh, I felt that with episode 12, kind of. Uh, for worst character, yeah, it's gonna be, uh, screw Popo. He's a, he was a well-written character, but just his, just the moves he did were very stupid. Uh, for best character, I really didn't have any because I thought much of the characters were kind of even. Uh, I think the only one that really stood out because of how present they were and very supportive, uh, I'd have to go with Hio Hio. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the show itself, I agree. The OST was the great thing. Animation was surprisingly good for when it came out. Uh, I just think the storytelling was a bit off at times. So for me, I think this show itself deserves a 8 out of 10. There we go, Rifle. Speaking my language, I like it. All right. Um, an 8 out of 10. All right, perfect. So... Yeah, I will definitely echo a few of Rifle's points. I liked the OST a lot. It was really solid uh, music all throughout. And again, the animation, uh, when I first looked at it, I was like, oh god, I'm going to hate this. And then I didn't that badly. Like, it, it, like I, well, I shouldn't say that badly. It, like, I really didn't. I, if It made sense for what the story that they were trying to tell um, with it being so abstract. But for me, the the story i i didn't really follow at all maybe i just didn't relate to a lot of the things that they were trying to trying to say about dreams and about memories those are i don't know i i don't dream a lot so maybe i'm not as uh in sync with that that aspect um and i again it felt so frustrating at times when i was just you know i was and i was watching one time speed at my own pace all day today i was watching the show enjoying it or trying to enjoy it and being like what is going on i need to pause i need to rev- i need to go back 10 seconds i need to go back 30 seconds like what it- what is the context of what's happening here why is this ha- going on and i i don't know it, it got to a point where i was just like I- i'm so frustrated i i am and i'm not this stupid i'm not as stupid as the show is making me feel uh and that yeah, that really ruined my enjoyment of the show, to be honest with you. Like, there were a couple cool scenes in it. Uh, I, I guess best character, uh, I really liked Nero. I think Nero is interesting. Uh, I didn't like Popo a lot, like everyone else has been saying so far. Popo was annoying, was a brat in the sense that, like, I, again, it was just so, I, I don't know. It, it's It's so hard for me to try to sort out my thoughts on this show because it just pissed me off constantly uh so yeah i don't know like it, it's weird because again i can sit here and be like critically is this good or, or or like does it succeed at what it's trying to do i'd say it probably does 
but my lack of enjoyment is really bringing the score down for me. So I'm gonna give it a six out of ten. I I did not like watching it at all. I don't you think Violet Evergarden a ten, huh? I did. Interesting. Curious. You gave Violet Evergarden a seven, and this a which 10. is I what mean, it yeah. deserved. Yeah. Um. <laughs> apparently. Um. Yeah. No. I don't know. I could relate to the things happening in Violet Evergarden because it was happening in post World War One Europe with an established world where. I could tell what was happening on screen and what the implications were. I could not follow this story at all. I was getting really frustrated by it, and that's not a knock on that, but it is a knock in my scoring. So, uh, so yeah, six out of ten for me. So now we see that uh, Pat has no imagination. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you should play more D and D with me. You did say you didn't dream. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I don't. I don't dream very often, and if I do, it's usually like. Um, after I've woken up and then I fall back asleep, but then I don't remember it when I wake up. Uh, I, I remember that I had it, but I don't remember what happens in it for the most part. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, so we average our scores out here and we end up at an 8.66 repeating. So that is our final score for Kaiba. Uh, 8.66 repeating. Let me type that out, make sure we have it. But Miles, why don't you talk about... Oh, well, I guess on Mal, this show's at 8.15, so I think most of us would argue that the show is underrated on Mal. I think most of the reviews, though, are very positive and mm -hmm. calling it an underrated masterpiece and all the other uh, comments like that. So, uh, so yeah, that, that that's our uh, review of Kaiba, Koiba, Koiba, and uh, let's, uh, let's discuss what we're watching two weeks from now on August the 22nd. What have you got for us, Miles? Okay, so in third place, we had High Score Girl, earning its first legacy point. Um, in second place, we have Escaflone, which is earning its second legacy point. And in first place, we have Kageki Shoujo. Let's go! Let me get my mom um, So, yes... <laughs> And after the I don't know where the false alarm that was last week, um, our last episode, gay gay um, baby gay gay, we will be uh, watching uh, Kageki Goat Show. As uh, spoiler, I gave it a ten. The shit's gas. <laughs> it's a good show. Um, so yeah, that'll be exciting. Jay will finally get to watch the Opera Girl uh, show that he initially thought he was voting for <laughs> and when we watched review starlight and um all will be right in the world and we can all figure out if pete is overhyping this or we agree with him you already know what you think don't you i do i do it's oh, very good but he's overhyping it <laughs> <That's> <laughs> okay i that, that i was i felt like i was it was gonna be somewhere in that that realm myself. new gen shoujo goat Kageki it's Gojo. A, it's a Simon. It's, it's not. Yeah. It's not. It is. It's not. It is. It's not. If you open it, you'll see that it doesn't have um the like pronunciations for the kanji, which means it's for adults. No. Nope. So you're the only okay. people that think that. I <laughs> okay. Also, wow. well. people. There you go. Uh, who are you calling you people? Uh, let's uh let's start with. Uh, our uh, recommendations or our things that we're nominating then for two weeks from now or two weeks after that, which would be September 5th, uh, Labor Day, actually, uh, I believe, mm. if if my brain is working correctly. So uh, what are we going to nominate? Pete, why don't you start? 
Yeah, shout out to Discord member Squeezy who uh, put this on my radar. Looked pretty interesting. I'd love to watch it and uh, discuss it. I'm going to nominate Drifting Dragons. Drifting Dragons. Okay. Sounds like a D&D spinoff. What did you... One second. Oh my god. Okay, Drifting Dragons. Beautiful. Drifting Dragons. Alrighty, Miles, what about you? What are you nominating? I'm nominating the Violet Evergarden movie. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was quick. To quote okay. Cersei Lannister from season, I don't know, six of Game of Thrones, uh, I choose violence. Um, this would be well, weird if that one, since me and Pat have an episode on the Violet Evergarden movie. <laughs> well, sounds like you guys are getting dethroned, doesn't it? <laughs> dethroned? No, 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 no. We fought yeah. the good fight, and it's it's a perfect movie, almost. So, yeah, I know. Grooming. Um, it's not. Yeah, so... It's really not. It's not, though. Well, um, we'll find out in two weeks. More grooming than Kronico and uh and what's his face? Vanilla. Is it Pete, is it also Airborne Dragons? That's the yes, yeah, it no. is. Okay. Uh alright. Uh next up is uh Jay, what have you got for us to vote for? Alright, so I know that we all love a good time travel show. Yep. Um I know that we all love good character designs so i'm going to go ahead and nominate the number 35 highest rated show on mal uh link click oh yes it just got an english dub it has an 8.78 on mal i have nominated this twice uh, with awful results yeah but now it's got the j factor so i i feel like i should vote for it i don't the people will come out for the j factor i Maybe. what do you what do you j anime Wait, Pete, when you nominated this, why didn't you just say the words to me, drama, supernatural, time travel? Because you hate me and it wouldn't matter? I, I, I needed, it would I needed matter. To it mention, absolutely I know, would I matter. I knew I needed to mention the time travel aspect for Miles. I knew it was <laughs> it's, necessary. It's an easy way to get my vote. I'm an IT, not sales for a reason. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> no, uh, alrighty. Uh, Rifle, what are you nominating? Yeah, so I just, I just think... Uh... We've we've watched a lot of anime about liter literary works like uh, Bungo Stray Dogs, and so I just thought we need to experience more of the classic Japanese literature. So I think I'm gonna nominate a show called Aoi Bungaku Series. What now? <laughs> Kazuntite. Yeah. <laughs> Bless you. Uh, I have no idea what this is. Is this like an old school show? What is it? Uh, yeah, it came out in '09. It's made by Madhouse. It's like a f a few arcs of different popular Japanese literatures made into anime. It looks interesting. interesting. That sounds very interesting. At least. Uh, all right. Uh, and cool. uh, no longer human is in there, so this is gonna be depressing as shit. Got it. Pat, what about you? So, uh, Miles, I I remember you saying that uh, you might vote for Jay's. Uh, let me let me remind you, Haruhi's Haruhi Suzumiya is still on the table. <laughs> I will also vote for Haruhi Suzumiya, as is my God given right to vote for more than one show. Yes, 
Uh, Are you calling yourself and my myself gods, Miles, with that uh, that statement? <laughs> no, I'm the only god here. What do you mean? Uh, like... uh, the the god is our constitution, our anime club constitution, which absolutely exists, and I didn't just make up to drafted by Miles and I. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> didn't rifle make it? Feed. No, it's it's on Excel. Oh sheet. no, rifle rifle made some sort of like fan made rules that I like, we... I like that one. Yeah, <laughs> a Bible, a Bible of sorts, by. you know, a Bible. Of Bible of yeah, sorts. yes, it is. It is the word of God as translated through rifle. Mm-hmm. Um... There you go. It Thank the... you. All right, let's uh, let's stop unpacking that joke and uh, uh, what, what, so you nominated uh. Harvey, okay. Uh, a show about a god, right? Or something, yes. apparently? Yeah, cool. And time right. travel. And time travel, cool. Well, I'm going to renominate uh, Escaphone because it's gotten second place two weeks in a row or tied for second two weeks in a row or something like that. So, uh, so yeah, let's let's watch Escaphone. It's a movie. It would be really easy to watch and would also be pretty damn cool to talk about from what I've understood. Uh, so, yeah. Because uh, it, it, what, what could go wrong? Could it be another Raze Fawn where it's just a movie condensing a really popular or, or successful show. No, of course yep. it wouldn't be that. Totally yep. is that. But uh, but let's do it. Um, all right. I think that that's it. Uh, Pete, why don't you plug everything? Yeah. If you made this far and you want to support the podcast, best way to do so: like, comment, subscribe, leave a review on whatever platform you are watching us or listening to us on. Next week we'll do something anime related. Don't know yet. Maybe another Mal review game. Got got some nice feedback on the last one we did. So. Maybe we'll do that, but we'll find out. Otherwise, if you're here for Watch Club, we'll see you in two weeks for Kageki Goat Joe. See you then. Bye.